I've been burdened with blame Trapped in the past for too long to your favorite podcast where you get to hear your three, that's right, all three favorite geniuses give their not-so-genius takes on all things TCU sports and other things around the country. This week, TCU football finally came to a merciful end. There are just shy of 280 days until TCU football can hurt you again. But unfortunately, it hurt us one last time this weekend. We, we wanted to send OU out with a good old middle finger, and we didn't come even remotely close to that. What went wrong this week, boys? You can sum this game up by saying that it was just strictly disappointing, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Pretty much the whole game, OU got whatever they wanted. Barrett was saying how Jeff Webby liked to take advantage of space on the field and Good Lord, did they find space behind our defense. And they just abused it all day. I don't know why they tried to do anything other than run or run deep balls. Like they, they were getting whatever they wanted, throwing the ball 50 yards down the field. So our defense got manhandled by Oklahoma so much that I had two over-under bets on the weekend. One was the Iowa-Nebraska under 26-and-a-half. The other was our game under 81-and-a-half because I got it as a live line. And it was the freaking 81-and-a-half that got blown out, and it wasn't close. It, they almost hit the 81-and-a-half on their own. Yeah, it was depressing. I'll, I do want to give a shout-out to Iowa's defense, though. Because I, I saw some stat, it was like nine out of the ten lowest unders of all time have hit. And five of them have been Iowa from like the past two years. So, shout if out I'm to Iowa. an under team. for Iowa of anything that is double digits, I will take the Iowa. The under. <laughs> yeah, I to get back to this TCU game, I um, I mentioned last week how... I thought that Oklahoma was going to test our one-on-one defensive capabilities on the outside. And dear Lord, did they test it. And we did not step up to the plate for that. We got absolutely abused on the defensive side of the field. Um, And this also isn't an old Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, where you just kind of expect them to put up infinite points because they're ridiculous. This has been a very vulnerable and weak Oklahoma, and our defense just really let them have it. Actually, I think this Oklahoma has put up 60 points now four times on the season, which really? is the most out of any team in the country. Well, then I you retract know, my stat like that. They've scored a ton of points this year. It, most of them came early in the season, but they've scored a ton of points. Yeah, one thing to kind of add here is that like our defensive system under Joe Gillespie is built to defend the pass, right? But our safeties in particular just have not done a good job in coverage, just overall. 
Bud Clark, who's supposed to be our like over the top coverage safety, as um, Mark Perry's kind of more in the box a lot of the times, just has not been good in deep coverage. He's been burned a lot this year. And that showed in this Oklahoma game where we got torched deep basically the entire game. Um, didn't make any great adjustments to stop that. And even if we did, I'm not sure it would have helped. Yeah, and it wasn't just the defense that failed this game. How the heck do you miss an extra point? It's 20 uh, yards, and we I, managed to miss an extra point. I love Griffin Kell, and he'll always have goodwill for the bazooka. But Griffin Kell has not been reliable a lot this season, and ending it on a missed extra point there as well in our last game is just – it feels indicative of the whole season. Like, even though it was early in the game when we missed the extra point, it just – it just felt like everything, like everything has just been low. And not to call Griffin Kell low effort. I'm sure he was trying very hard and he's talented. At the end of the day, everything has felt low effort and not finishing through. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Has Griffin Kell been the most disappointing player on our team? Yes. Probably. I said yes when I just thought you were going to say, has he been disappointing? But you said most disappointing, and this has been a very disappointing team, so that's a difficult title to take. But he's at least in contention for it. I mean, he went from a legend. And the other thing is, like, you can give Griffin Kell the, the hard time that last year the bazooka kick only happened because he missed, missed the kick. But when it mattered, Griffin Kell could get it. And that's just what's been different is that, like, Griffin Kell this year has two kicks for over 56 yards. He's got the talent, but he no longer does it when it matters. He does it – He his talent comes out when it matters least now. Yeah, it was just inconsistency from him this year. Mm-hmm. And the same from Jordy Sandy. His average, I, I'm sure, dropped as the season went on distance-wise. And – he just wasn't good for most of most of the year. There's an argument to be made that a couple of Jory Sandy's bad kicks would have made the difference that gotten us the three points difference we needed against Texas. I mean, honestly, Jordy Sandy could actually bear a lot of the blame against tech against the Texas game because it was so close and he had such he had a couple really bad kicks that game. And he's like forty seven years old, so he should know better by now. To, to add some positivity here, I thought, I mean, our offense put up over 40 points, right? So that's like basically what you would want out of your offense. Now, granted, they got more attempts to put up 40 points because OU was scoring at will and scoring very quickly with all these deep passes. But there's something to be said of the fact that the offense like did their job on some level, but you should expect to win a game when you're putting up 40 points. But obviously when the other team's putting up almost 70, that's a different story. Yeah. There was one point in the game where it was 13 to 14. OU was winning and TCU had the ball. Like we, we were in the game. And without a a missed kick or a missed extra point, that's 14. That's a tie game. And TCU has the ball. 
Um, I'll yep. even go further. I had a buddy from Oklahoma text me after the game, and he said, look, Connor, you can tell me to go F right off if you don't want to talk about it. But he said, but you guys are really, really bad at football. Can you explain to me why you put up 45 points on us? Because he said, I know Oklahoma doesn't have a defense, and that's our whole gimmick. But he goes, why on earth were you guys able to put up 45 points? Because even him on the other side as an Oklahoma fan was well aware that if their offense had not showed up big that day, their defense lost that game. Our, our offense did beyond what it needed to to win a football game. Yeah, I think the only really bad thing that happened on offense was the pick six. Yeah. Like the offensive line showed up. Imani had that 32 yard touchdown run that was right up the gut. Imani Bailey showed up. He might have had his best game of his career passing and running the ball. Josh Hoover, again, over 300 yards, four touchdowns. Thought he looked good, minus the pick six. Our receivers looked good. Shout out JoJo Earl, who we've called out multiple times on this podcast for not catching the ball. JoJo was fantastic on JoJo played probably his best game we've seen this season. JoJo himself said that's the best game in his career. I fully believe that. Honestly, I want to give it to Jared Wiley as well. His last game is a frog, uh, and he had two touchdowns. That's the way that we want to send him out. He's been a legend for the program this year. He's actually tried, I think, in every game this year, which is more than you can say for most of the team. We – we made a joke at the beginning of the season that he became captain because we were honoring his intelligence, notif- noticing pyramids aren't real. And I have to say, the, the, joking aside, I can't imagine a better captain for this team this year than Jared Wiley. He, like you said, he tried every game. He, he was, it was very unfortunate that his year was a year that our team wasn't that good. Because we did send him out as well as we could have with this team, but he he deserved so much more. I mean, he was he was such a good player, such a good guy. He gave us everything we could have asked for out of him this year. Yeah, I right. props to Jared Wiley again. Like we said, we love him. We're gonna miss him for sure. Um, one other thing I will say is the offensive line. For whatever reason, this one game actually did their job and did it well. I think kind of across the board. Um, they they blocked well in the run game. Monty Bailey did a Monty Bailey things. Josh Hoover was able to have a great game outside of the one pick. Um, I think a lot of that is a product of the offensive line actually doing their job in the offensive scheme. Uh, we didn't get a lot of pressure from the interior, which is pretty normal for us, and thought they did a pretty good job. Yeah, it, I think the only time, jo- oh, like the only time they had sacks, is when they brought more than more than four or five. So I, I had no qualms with the offensive line this game. One of our biggest priorities this off season should be making sure our our offensive line can play like they did this weekend. Because it just shows that when we do have an offensive line, we have a talented offense. 
Josh Hoover is young. He makes he, he's still learning. I mean, he threw that pick six, and that's just kind of to be expected with a younger quarterback, unfortunately. But with another year under his belt, with guys like Josh Hoover and Imani Bailey with an actual offensive line, 40 points could become very doable with, with the talent we have on this team. The problem is all year the offensive line has not given them anything to work with. And for once we saw the offensive line give them what they needed and they comfortably put up 40 points. I think that's that's about all I had for this game. If we all want to right. move well, on to we want to do awards. some player awards. Yeah, let's do it. I've complained about this man the entire season, and so have all of us. We just touched on it. We JoJo Earl came out and did his job, played the best game definitely that we've seen from him, and as he said of his career, he he showed the talent we wanted to see from him at the beginning of the season, and we just didn't all season. And he he finally showed what he's really capable of. of. So he finally has worked his way up from once more out of to Franken sensational to being this week's golden player. And speaking of Franken sensational, there's one player who really stood out to me, and that was Imani Bailey. He's been out of these rankings for a couple weeks. He's back in this week. He had 21 carries for 150 yards and a touchdown. And he also had four catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. And to round us out, the players we want Murr out of next season, obviously, is I think as a whole, just our cornerback room. We're gonna probably going to be losing Josh Newton, who is going to be a big loss for us, honestly. Avery Helm has not looked that great this season. Hopefully he can get it together next season. But overall, we just need to see a better performance out of our secondary especially coming out of a game where you got torched on the outside for the entire game. We, we need some help in our secondary as a whole. Um, we're going to lose some players probably in the safety position as well. So hopefully the freshmen that are back behind them can step up and next year and fill in those roles and maybe do a slightly better job, hopefully. But overall, man, we need some support there. I think that we're going to be losing a lot of people this year, including probably our defensive coordinator. I've heard rumblings that he's, he's gone. Uh, And with that always comes people leaving. Hopefully it's the people that we don't mind leaving rather than the people we, we want to keep, which I don't know how long that list is, but Hopefully we can keep keep a good a, a good amount of the people we, we want and then bring in people to fix. Our offensive line, I think, is the position where we'll bring in the most in the portal because we need to. Wide receiver, I think we're set. I think we're set at running back as well and quarterback with Haas coming in next year. We might need to transfer quarterback if Chandler leaves, which I don't think anybody would blame him for doing. But – It'll be it'll be a entertaining off season to say the least. It might not be terribly fun. I saw one one poster said this on the sports board. It's going to be entertaining. Might not be fun, but it'll be entertaining. We don't necessarily know what's going to 
be going on with picks considering that football season is almost over. So Connor, do you want to take us away from here and lead us into whatever picks we're going to go into now? Absolutely. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So I was thinking this is our last week. We'll do some football. Our mystery pick this week will be a basketball game, but for one last send off for football, I'm going to have us run through all of the conference championships this this coming week. Our one-point round will be the Power 5 games. And then we will finish finish strong, as we always do, with the non-Power 5 games for three points apiece. Starting off easy, Big 12, or not easy, but familiar, Big 12 championship. Who's taking the Big 12 championship this year? Jacob. Oklahoma State. They'll win it because why not? They'll keep Texas out of the playoffs. Ollie Gordon is going to run for 600 yards and seven touchdowns as Texas just can't figure out a way to stop him. I like that answer. Barrett. Gosh, I so want to pick Oklahoma State in this one, but I just don't think that they can pull it out. They did not look good in their last game, but – Ollie Gordon is great. I don't think he can carry the team. I think UT wins this, unfortunately. I cannot live in a world where we send UT off after not having a championship since 2009, getting to pretend that they ran this conference because they weaseled by the last season. Oklahoma State is winning this Big 12 championship. They are going to do what K-State did last year. And what Baylor did the year before, they've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. They're sending Texas home. Um, Next up, who is winning the SEC? Jacob. That's Bama and Georgia, yeah? That is Bama and Georgia. I think Georgia's going to win. But it would be very interesting to see what happens if Bama wins it. I think if Bama wins, then Texas has no chance of making the uh, playoffs. Because I, I think if Bama wins, there's no way they leave Georgia out. So I'll be they, cheering. You, you think they'll leave Texas out over Bama, even with Texas having beaten Bama? Yeah, because I mean, I Bama won right, the but... SEC. There's no way that they leave an SEC team out. Like, there's no way. And I don't think they'd leave Georgia out after going undefeated in the regular season. But I don't think it'll matter because I think Georgia will run away with it. I don't think Bama's that that impressive. I am going to stick with Connor's assumption that, that Georgia's not as good as they have been in recent years. I don't necessarily think Bama is either but i think bama has looked better in the majority of their games this season i think they come out on top and potentially knock the dogs out of contention for the college football playoff with the last second loss i uh i've been saying georgia didn't have it all year my bet officially failed this week i uh, I think I'll finally give it to them. I think Georgia is taking the SEC championship and going 13-0 and again. 
I think they have sufficiently proven me wrong. Next up, who is winning the ACC, Florida State or Louisville? Jacob. I'm hoping Florida State wins it because even though without their quarterback, they're probably not a top 10 team, maybe not top 15, but I don't see a way that the committee can keep an under undefeated power five team out of the playoffs. So I'm hoping Florida State wins, and that's who I'm picking. Barrett. Yeah, I don't think that um, Louisville obviously lost this past weekend. So they looked good all season, but I think Florida State still pulls this out. Even without Jordan Travis, I think they're the more well-rounded team as a whole. They beat the powerhouse Florida this past week. So, um, Florida State did not look good this weekend without Jordan Travis. However... Even if Florida is not particularly good, that is a rivalry game, and it was in the swamp. I am praying that Florida State pulls it out, and I'm going to put my I'm going to put my pick down on Florida State over Louisville this weekend. Next up, absolute battle of the titans. Who is winning, Michigan or Iowa? Iowa is taking this one. <laughs> It's going to be nine to seven. <laughs> Iowa kicks, or Iowa scores a touchdown off of an interception return and then has a safety to get the nine points where Michigan makes a late drive but can't, but the field goal is blocked by <laughs> Iowa's defense. And Iowa's defense wins this game nine to seven. All right, Barrett, Iowa or Michigan? I want to pick Iowa so badly for the same reason. Uh, I think Michigan probably still comes out on top. I think it's maybe closer than most people think it will be. Um, I have to say michigan imposed their will on ohio state as far as i was concerned every time they wanted two yards they would get a fourth down turn handled i think michigan's offense is finally going to be the thing that breaks iowa's defense and i think michigan's explosive offense will just come out and win a high scoring 3-0 game over iowa lastly of the power five games we have Washington, Oregon State, probably the most interesting matchup, in my opinion, and a lot on the line. Oh, da, da, Washington, Oregon. Ah, lastly, Washington, Oregon, whatever. You know what I meant. Pac-12, who's winning, Washington or Oregon, Jacob? This is going to be a really interesting game. The first matchup of these two teams was a banger. And I think Oregon's going to take this one, and I think they're going to take it by a lot. Washington's defense seems to have regressed as the season has gone on, and they've done enough to win the game. But I think this week they're not able to with Oregon's offense. Barrett. Uh, I like Washington a lot. 
Um, I don't particularly like Oregon, specifically Bo Nix. I think he's overrated. I think he's been the NCAA for too long, similar to the old Georgia quarterback. I, I'm going to pick Washington, if anything, just because I don't like Bo Nix. Um, I'm picking the way I'm picking everything from this moment onward whatever is worst for Texas. So I'm going with Washington. <laughs> Next up, we get into the uh, more important rounds. We have Jerry Kills, New Mexico State versus Liberty. Man, I'm going with New Mexico USA State. Championship. New Mexico State's gonna win this one. Go Jerry Kill, their team is awesome. Go Aggies. Barrett. Um, Liberty has like one of the best offenses in the country this year for whatever reason. As much as I want to support Jerry Kill, I think that Liberty actually pulls this one out and wins the game. Giggum good Aggies. Jerry Kill is running away with it. Absolutely. And at the end of the game, New Mexico State's rival, New Mexico, will announce they've hired Gary Patterson, and we will have the ultimate Gary-Jerry-Kill rivalry of all time. <laughs> Next up, Perennial Powerhouse. Perennial Powerhouse is Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. Man, this is going to be a close game. I'm going to go with Miami of Ohio, the real Miami, the greater Miami, as some might say. Um, yeah, let's ride Miami of Ohio. I've been a Miami of Ohio truther for this whole season. I've picked them in a lot of wins and a lot of upsets, and they've come out big for me so let's let's keep it rolling let's keep riding with miami of ohio all right i think it's at this point mathematically impossible for me to take the lead so i don't really <laughs> need to go against you guys but i'm going against you guys anyway toledo takes this one now we've got boise state unlv jacob i'm gonna go boise i think i think they're the better team here Barrett. Yeah, let's go with Boise State. They have a cool football field, even though it's not necessarily useful. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go against you guys again. I think Boise's the better team, but a couple of my favorite economists went to or taught at UNLV. They're the, I'm channeling them. UNLV is gonna take this big upset over over the Broncos. There's Connor Second. betting with Boise again. That's going to burn him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, second to last, SMU Tulane. Jacob. Tulane. I'm not picking SMU. Barrett. Yeah, Tulane. Michael Pratt's actually a really, really good quarterback, and I think he can be a serviceable backup in the NFL. So. Um, I have no actual information on it because I haven't followed SMU. 
But I saw a picture of Preston Stone injured and getting carted off the field this past weekend in like the fourth quarter of their already blowout win. I don't know what's come of that, but it can't be a good sign. Tulane's winning this one. And last but not least, honestly, an underrated game, App State versus Troy. This is an underrated game. I'm going to take App State. They beat the powerhouse that is James Madison a couple weeks ago, and I think that cemented them as giant killers, and they'll they'll win the their conference championship this week. Barrett. Yeah, let's try with App State again. Like Jacob said, they're they're good for like one really big upset every year. Not necessarily to say that like beating Troy is gonna be an upset per se, but I think they'll give us a good game and I think they'll come out on top. So I've got some buddies who go to Troy or went to Troy, and as a result, I've followed them a little bit. They're oddly good. I'm not just going against you guys here. I'm taking Troy in this one. I think they beat F-State. I think F-State got its one good upset against James Madison. I think Troy comes through on this one. All right, and last but not least, for the first time ever, we're doing our mystery basketball game. Team one or two, Jacob? I'm going to go with team one. Barrett? Uh, Did team two win last week? (laughs) I don't know. I wasn't here last week. Um, Let's keep it going with Team 2 because they've won it for me most of these weeks. I haven't actually picked the game yet. So for once in my life, I get to pick my own team. And then I'll just have a – I'll have Excel pick which team is which as the random there. I am going to go with Team 1 because Barrett's system is messed up since he didn't know who won last week. I trust that Barrett's system's going to collapse, and I'm going with Team 1. With that, we're finally done with football. What's up next, boys? Looking at other sports around TCU, men's basketball won 93-74 against Alcorn State on Tuesday. That might have been Monday. Time is different in London. Uh, But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Women's volleyball also beat High Point. And then on Thursday, women's basketball beat UTEP by 30 points. Friday, our football team lost. And then Saturday, women's basketball got a marquee win against Nebraska, a game in which we were the underdog by, I think, like seven points. And we won by seven. So it's a really big win against Nebraska. And then our volleyball got destroyed by number 16, BYU. So that's what's happening around TCU. Like I said, we were going to talk about the Alcorn State basketball game, and we'll do that right now. I, I didn't think it was a good performance, but it was still a blowout, which is encouraging. We didn't cover, which means we're a good team, maybe not a great team. Barrett, what else did you did you see in that game? Yeah, I thought overall, like you said, a kind of underwhelming performance. Um, Colts was great in this game, as he's been pretty much all year. Um, he had 20 points, and he was 7 of 11 from the field. He was 4 of 5 for 3. Now, 
to go off of that last note on a three-point percentage, we did not necessarily shoot well from three. We shot 26%. All of those three-pointers came from three people, four of them from Coles, two from Micah Peavy, and one from Travian Tennyson. The rest of the team, offers. So I think overall, we didn't necessarily do a great job shooting from outside. I think our athleticism and our size ended up winning this game. Um, one kind of interesting note on this game and kind of stemming out of other games is that Ernest Uday only had two rebounds. That's been a pretty big theme throughout the entire season where he's hasn't necessarily gotten many boards. And for a guy who's known for his athleticism, his defense, his rebounding, you would expect him to get more rebounds than I think he has been. And so that's something to kind of keep an eye on as we move deeper into the season, start playing actually decent talent is whether or not that will come back to hurt us in the rebounding margin. Yeah, I think Uday's been a little bit of a disappointment thus far in the year. Granted, he hasn't had to do much because we're playing just absolutely trash teams. But like you said, two rebounds, uh, you want to see more of that. And I get it's hard moving from kind of a bench role at Kansas to starting at another Big 12 program. And the Big 12 is the best league in basketball. But he's not playing Big 12 teams right now. And I don't know if he's boxing out his man so that other people are grabbing the ball. Emmanuel Miller seems to be the one benefiting from that. But... I'd love to see some more rebounds or just more production in general from Ernest. But keeping on with the bigs, I think Mustafa, I've been on him all year. I think he's our best big, especially on offense, maybe not on defense, but on offense, he's been incredible. He had 10 points, I believe, in this 10 or 11 points in this last game against Alcorn State. He was four for five from the free throw line. It's a good percentage from somebody who's not typically a great free throw shooter and I was I was really happy to see that he had four offensive rebounds as well which is our most offensive rebounds is he like he was not the most athletic guy but he just knows where to be and he knows how the ball is going to come off the rim and he puts himself in position to get the rebounds and then he usually can put it back up with a good post move or he's just quick enough to get it back up and score points. That's what we need from our bigs on offense, especially yeah. if we're not going to pass them the ball. Yeah, I, we need bigs that can, to your point, can produce by themselves on offense, get second chance points. And so far, Uday has not proven that he can do that. Mustafa has. Now, Uday is definitely more athletic and probably a better defensive presence in terms of blocking shots. There's something to be said, though, for Mustafa's and his ability to just lock down the paint going against another strong big because of his post defense and his awareness. To to give like another point here, I think, honestly, the free throw line is where we won this game. Uh, Alcorn State was 14-23, and 23, so just over 60% from the free throw line. TCU, on the other hand, 32 of 39, 82%. We absolutely killed them at the line this game. 
And that's honestly where I think a lot of our points and the gap in the game came from is just us consistently getting to the line, getting them into foul trouble, and then making the free throws count. It is insane yes. to hear us talk about a TCU team winning a game because of free throws. That I, I know I've said this every episode, and our listeners are probably sick of that being my only take on basketball, but it's insane. Yeah, I thought that the free throws combined with our, with our fast break points. We had 37 fast break points between free throws and fast break points, and I'm not sure if free throws are counted in fast break points. But between those two stats, we basically tied Alcorn State points-wise, and then the rest was just bonus. I also thought it was interesting that we had 39 bench points. If we can keep up that production, it's just under half of our total. If we can keep up that production throughout the year from the bench, sky's the limit for the team. Getting that kind of consistency and point total on offense is great. It's fantastic. And if we're seeing it now, hopefully it'll continue into conference play. Yeah. To, to go off of that, there's this team is extremely well-rounded from a scoring standpoint. I know we've talked about how we thought that Jacoby Coles is going to be our best offensive player this year and put up the most points. But in all honesty, if you look at like the past few games, this team has so many different people that can put up 10, 15 points in any game to where it really helps out our offense whenever say one or two of those guys are having a bad day, someone can pick up the slack. Yeah. And it's gotta be hard on opposing defenses and teams to game plan for that. You can't game plan for every single player on the other team. So I I think it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what happens going into December when we start playing some better teams. Speaking of better teams, our next game is Houston Christian, who is, again, not one of those better teams. They are ranked 358th out of 362 teams in the Ken Palm rankings. They have an 0-4 record. I just want to see another blowout win. Barrett, what do you, what do you think we can expect from this game? Yeah, I they're not a good team. Again, like you said, this should be a blowout. I I expect us to run and gun on them like we have been in most of these other games. A uh, couple people to note here. Marcus Green is one of their starting guards. He's 6'2". He's averaging 16.5 points per game on 57% shooting, which is really, really good and consistent. So... He's, he's also a 47% three-point shooter. This guy can score, and he can score in bunches. And we need to be conscious of our closeouts. We need to be really tight on him, both on-ball and off-ball. I think the way that we're going to beat this team is we're going to have to deny him getting the ball. I would expect probably Jameer Nelson Jr. to be on him most of the game. 
Um, and I would expect very, very tight coverage in this game for him. Um, he's not necessarily a defensive threat, but dang, the dude can score. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see because this is really the first point guard sized guard that we're playing who's good. I'm looking forward to see seeing what Jameer Nelson Jr. can do on him. It'll be it'll re- really be fun to watch from that aspect. To to continue on here, <laughs> their starting center, and I love this guy's name, is Bonk Maring. He is 6'10. He's leading their team in rebounds with seven rebounds per game. He's also got almost three assists per game, so the guy can pass the ball um, if he does get a touch inside the paint. So need to be conscious of that. Uh, similar to kind of what we've talked about with Mustafa, where he's just a heady player. Um, having a guy in the post who can facilitate an offense and find open shooters on the outside when the defense collapse is something that's very useful and honestly pretty rare nowadays. Um, you see guys like Nikola Jokic and Alperin Shangun in the NBA, obviously, who are great offensive players and can do exactly that and the impact that it has on a team. So something to be said there. Um, his ability to distribute and his number shows that they kind of play an inside-out sort of game to where trying to get him touches in the post but then he's not necessarily looking to score all the time. He's trying to keep an eye out for guys who are open whenever we do collapse onto him. So Yeah, I think that's one thing that our team in particular is missing when our post gets the ball. In the rare instances that it happens, uh, they are looking to score just because they don't get much of an opportunity to, whereas – Last year, at the beginning of the season, we had Eddie. That's one thing that I think Eddie's good at. He he would at least attempt to make passes. Sometimes they'd work, and it looked awesome. And then other times, he'd throw the ball two seats or two rows into the stands. Um, but watch out for Bonk uh, this game on the inside. I, th- I really think that Houston Christian will probably come out with a lot of energy. I mean, that's really how lesser teams try to get upsets, really. They, they come out a lot of energy, try and run fast on offense, but then draw fouls by driving the ball to the hoop and slow the game down as well. They want to get us out of our comfort zone. Um, this is a must-win game really all of these first five games have been this is as well keep the season on track at six and0 and hopefully get into the rankings next week well and yeah. with that, that oh. now I was just gonna say I um if we can force some turnovers in this game and get them out of their system and out of a rhythm this is going to turn into a bloodbath for their team. I don't think they can run with us in transition. No, you saw it when they played BYU earlier this season. And I'm high on BYU, but they lost to BYU 110-63 to earlier this year. I, I'm hoping that we can see a score line that's similar to that. I will lose it if we get an 110-point part on our score line. 
with that, do we want to move into our game at Georgetown, our first semi-real opponent this season? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, like, like Connor said, this is our first real test against a not-crap team. I think they're still crap. Uh, but they have the players to surprise some, some teams. And it's away, so you never know what's going to happen. It'll be our first true away game of the year. I think our first away game of any sort of the year. Uh, Georgetown has a Ken Palm ranking of 170, so that is in the top half, not by much, but it is in the top half of the teams in the country. They are predicted to finish 10th out of 12 teams in the Big East. They're 4-2 and two currently, um, and – Probably will be five and two when we play them. They play Merrimack this week. Uh, their two losses are to Holy Cross, sixty-seven to sixty-eight, which is not a good loss, and then to Rutgers, sixty to seventy-one. So that one can go both ways. Uh, Barrett, what what can we be looking to see out of George Washington or Georgetown? Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Georgetown is a team that, like you said, has been very very bad in the recent history and very very good in the not so recent history and they've rebuilt this team through the transfer portal Jaden Epps is coming over from Illinois he's someone to look out for Rowan Brumbach from Texas and Ishmael Massoud is actually coming over from Kansas State although he is out with the injury for the next few weeks so we won't see him in this game Dontrez Styles from UNC and then finally, Supreme Cook from Fairfield. One thing to note from all of these guys, except for really Supreme Cook, most of these guys are coming from really good basketball programs or historically good basketball programs. So they're pulling players who maybe weren't necessarily getting a lot of play time at these really good teams. Not necessarily to say they're bad players, but that is something to note. Um, yeah, Supreme Cook, also an awesome name. We're playing against Bonk Maring or Maring and Supreme Cook. That two two guys on the all name team this next week. Um, this team's really predicated on guard play. They're not necessarily a big team. They they'll run a lot of four guard sets against us, which actually kind of bodes well for our team because we have some really larger defensive wings like Micah PV and Emmanuel Miller who can abuse their size and are fast enough to cover guys on the outside. Um, out of the seven players with more than 15 minutes played per game, only two of them are not guards. So again, a lot of the time they're going to be running these like smaller lineups that I think we can abuse. And, and Jamie Dixon likes to crash the offensive boards. I think that's something that, we can keep an eye on is the the rebound margin in this game that I expect TCU to win and win pretty handedly. Yeah, I think rebound margin will be big for this game. It'll be interesting to see Alcorn State actually we did not win the rebound battle. We didn't lose either. We were, we tied at thirty seven rebounds apiece, but against these not good teams we need to be winning that rebounding margin hand handedly yeah and we so, the other thing is even if we had won the rebound battle but it was by a rebounder two that's not enough against alcorn state yeah completely agree 
I think that we we really need to get the ball inside this game. It would be a perfect game to practice with getting our bigs involved because at some point in the season, it'll need to happen. We've said it several times this year. College basketball is a big man's game. The pros are not. College basketball is at some point this season, our bigs will need to be involved. Yeah, and I think this is a game where they likely can have a coming out party. Um, their their yeah, coach. I'm hoping so. Their coach is actually a really good coach. I will say his his name's Ed Cooley. He was previously the coach at Providence back when Providence was actually really good. Um, so he's he's a good coach. Has a good system. Has obviously got Georgetown moving in the right direction, um, which is something to be said coming from a situation where the team just has not been good in recent years. Um, so I, that's something to look out for. They they are a well-coached team, albeit maybe not necessarily the best talent-wise. But I think the talent's there, especially with the guards, not necessarily with the bigs, but the talent is there for them to surprise Surprise some teams this year, and I think they will. They they're like two and thirty seven, I think, in their last two years in conference. So there's not really a way for them to be worse this year. Uh, two players we need to watch out for. One name that you might be familiar with is Jaden Epps. He played at Illinois last year, as Barrett mentioned. He's a former top seventy five recruit. He's averaging almost 20 points a game on 14 shots. It's pretty decent. Half of his shot attempts are three-pointers, and he's making over 45% of his three-pointers this season. So we really need to get out on him. He's averaging almost five assists per game with four turnovers per game. He's just a shooter. Again, a really good test for Jameer Nelson, who is going to be tested in Big 12 play. The other player we need to watch out for is Dontrez Styles, 6'5 guard. Again, former top 75 recruit, so there's talent there. He's averaging almost 18 points per game, and he's their leading rebounder at 7.2 rebounds per game. He's also shooting 40% from three-point range on five attempts per game. So two of their scores are two pretty good three-point shooters. We're going to need to close out. Yeah. And Overall, this is probably going to be a very fast-paced game. You got a team like TCU who likes to run in transition, has a lot of athleticism, versus a team in Georgetown who doesn't have a lot of big guys, and so they're going to try and use their speed to beat you. So that's what you can expect from TCU basketball this week. And with that in mind, I think we've got one last bit before we wrap up. I, unfortunately, because I'm on the move, I can't look at it on my computer. Can one of you run down our... Power rankings for the – oh, I guess I can see this, but can one of you guys run down our power rankings for the Big 12? Yeah, so we started our power rankings last week with, if you're watching the YouTube stream, what's on the stream right now. And this week, let's see if we can switch slides. We got them again. We got Connor's, Connor's power rankings out of his towed car, so we were able to add that in this week. Top three are the same, Kansas, Houston, and Texas. 
Baylor jumped TCU to number four in the power rankings. TCU is number five, down one spot from last week. Iowa State and BYU were very close, but Iowa State retained the sixth spot. BYU is seventh. Oklahoma actually jumped up three spots to eighth in the power rankings. Cincinnati jumped up one spot. Their ninth, Kansas State, fell two spots to 10. Texas Tech fell two spots to 11. And then we had UCF at 12, West Virginia at 13, and Oklahoma State at 14. Barrett, what do you think about these power rankings? All right, yeah. So, Frogs moving down, switching with Baylor. Um, Baylor has looked really good in the past few games. I I don't necessarily know if that will continue throughout the entire season. Um, Frogs moving down mostly because we haven't necessarily played anyone that's been worth noting and the and the teams that we have played we haven't necessarily lived up to expectations against those teams the biggest mover here being OU OU has had some quality wins this season and they've looked really good I I wasn't necessarily too high on them coming into the season because they lost both the Gross brothers and I think they lost a lot of production from that team that they had last year but there is something to be said of having a new system coming into place with new players. Um, obviously, that system is working for them right now. I also think looking at these rankings, one unfortunate reality, I think part of the reason TCU only fell one spot is that I'm a homer and I don't know how you two have been ranking them, but I know I ranked TCU probably higher than I would have otherwise. I know coming in, I kind of anchored Houston. Barrett moved them up, but I moved them down because I don't think – I think when it comes to conference play, they're going to end up not making it as impressive as they've been in the past. But I know I also – I think I weighed positively TCU's downward movement because I think I put them about right where they are, if not – no, right about where they are. Um, but I think I weighed them up a little bit because I'm just a homer and I'm always going to be. I think if we don't see some positive improvements in these next games, they have disappointed compared to the spread and compared to what they're capable of. So I, I'd like to see some more positive stuff out of TCU so that I can rate them there and not feel totally like a homer when I do so. Um, OU being a three stunned me. I don't remember where I put OU, but I thought I put them low just because they – felt low but also i think part of it is other teams i've just put really low because there are guys like oklahoma state who have just been massive disappointments this year uh but oklahoma being up three is a shocker there to me so connor you actually ranked oklahoma the highest out of the wow three of i may i guess i i guess i was feeling them more than i thought i was when i voted <laughs> and I actually ranked TCU the lowest out of the three of us. I had them right where they are at five. Barrett and Connor, you both put them at four. Who did um, I put below them that's above them there? Houston or Baylor? Uh, Baylor. Ba- okay. Oh, I wait, think no. That was- Sorry. Yeah, you put Houston below TCU. Yeah, I stand by rankings. that. I don't. I think Houston's going to disappoint. That was partly me being a homer and partly me just being a Houston hater. <laughs> 
Yeah, you both had Kansas at number one. I actually moved Houston to number one above Kansas because of Kansas's loss. Granted, they lost to a really good, I think, Marquette team who is number yeah. four in the country. Marquette's scary. But, yeah, I, I completely agree. But still, it's a loss, and they it wasn't close. So, moved Houston there because Houston has seven wins. I actually had West Virginia in last in my rankings just because – Oklahoma State has, I think they're four and three now. West Virginia's still two and three. Figured wins got to count for something. I I will say, I put West Virginia and Oklahoma State behind UCF because they had really disappointing losses. But I fully expect to move that up as we go forward. I think UCF's going to be really disappointing. Even more disappointing than they're already standing at 13 or at 12. And and to go off of that, Connor, I agree with you, except for one player on UCF. I've talked about him before. Jalen Sellers is a phenomenal basketball player. To give you guys some, some notes on his stats for this season already, he's averaging almost 20 points per game, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal and a half. Um, and he's shooting 47% from the field. Well, and that's fair, but if, if y'all remember a past UCF team of 2017, Taco Fall was awesome, but one player doesn't make a team. And at some point, that man is going to disappoint. And when that man disappoints, there's just nothing behind him. It's just him. And I think that's the point that I'm trying to make here. It's like Jalen mm-hmm. Sellers is great, but to your point, the rest of their team is not that great. Um, I think they'll probably end up staying there, honestly, like, 12 11 to 13 range um i think there will be at least one team that ends up worse than them maybe it's oklahoma state who knows but um one one thing i wanted to note here iowa state and byu i know jacob's been high on byu this whole season they've proved him right for the most part i've been high on iowa state similar story where man both these teams are playing lights out right now iowa state has a loss yeah, but but that's it. That's the difference between the two. And I think their losses to Miami, if I remember right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I thought K State no, lost so to Miami. Iowa State lost to Virginia Tech, Oof. which like okay, like not a great loss, but um, overall the the rest of their games they've looked pretty good. They did not look good. I watched a little bit of them against VCU. And I, I, I know VCU is expected to, I, I believe, challenge for their conference title this year. But Iowa State had to make a late comeback and got a lot of help from the referees in that game, I thought. They'll definitely be a team to watch. If they're hitting threes, they're going to be really dangerous. If they're not, they're vulner- vulnerable. All right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to your favorite podcast with your three favorite geniuses uh we look back we look forward to being back next week talking a lot more about basketball now that we are finally done with the pain that was this football season thank you for sticking with us this far please stick with us as we go into basketball season where there will be hopefully much more hope and joy this time of year thank you all so much and as always go frogs